brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk and I'm John Hodge. Today we're discussing the ejections from the Banjo Bowl. You mean Banjo Brawl, Bully by Mitchell's <laughs> return, of course. A.C. Leonard's inability to pee. In a cup. A couple of Elks getting <laughs> fined for interacting with fans. And Kahari Jones testing positive for COVID-19. But first, Dunkster, in a story you broke, Chris Jones is returning to the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts. He is expected to take over coaching the defense after defensive coordinator Glenn Young and defensive backs coach Josh Bell were placed on leave, reportedly due to MLSC's new vaccination requirement for all non-unionized employees. Dunkster, is this a good thing for the Argos and for the CFL? Yes, because the league needs characters. And my favorite reaction that we got on Twitter after the news was put out there, Hodge, was from the WWE, appropriately, which is built on characters. And it was, that's Chris Jones' music. <laughs> and that's what he brings to the table, man. A controversial figure. There are people that hate him in Saskatchewan for the way that he left. There are people around Canada that love him because of what he does when he's on your team. And especially directing your defense. With all due respect to Glenn Young, Chris Jones is a more proven and better defensive coordinator overall. So it's a net win for the Argos. That said, Jones does come with, let's say, some baggage and the fact that he's very opportunistic and, to be quite honest, selfish. In this instance, he spent one month officially, in terms of the season, as the head coach at South Pittsburgh High School, where he actually went to high school way back in the day in Tennessee. He was there for one official game because the other three were wiped out due to the COVID-19 situation within that city. And now he's saying he feels like he's going to throw up and he's leaving town. So to me, you just know that if Jones is there, he might not there 
be there for very long, but he's probably going to be really good for your team or your organization. Yeah, my, my favorite stat reading that article in the Tennessee newspaper, we have it linked on the site, was learning that South Pittsburgh in 61 years has had six head coaches, including Chris Jones, and he was there for 163 days, um, which certainly follows the pattern, right? Chris Jones, outstanding defensive coordinator, outstanding head coach, general manager. Um, I, I would think it's fair to suggest that he did not have as much success in Saskatchewan as that organization was was hoping he would achieve. I think he was wearing too many hats there. Uh, but that being said, if he comes in now with all the talent that they have on defense in Toronto, Sean Oakman had a breakout game. Charleston Hughes has been quiet, but he's great. You know, they've got Cam Judge, Enoch Mwamba. Uh, you know, they've got Dexter McCoyle. And that secondary is very good as well. Shaq Richardson, Jeff Richards, like the, the list goes on and on and on. So with the talent they have on that side of the ball, I happen to like Glenn Young's defense a lot. I thought he he did very good things in Winnipeg in years prior when he took on a little bit of a larger role there under uh, Richie Hall's kind of leadership on the defensive side. But yeah, certainly, definitely a character. And I, for one, am happy that Chris Jones is back in the CFL for the reasons that she listed, Dunkster. Just an intriguing dude. Now, there are people that will point out, well, he's not going to be with you for very long and you got to understand what you're getting into. And, you know, there's some chatter about him and his extracurricular activities let's say off the field but such as professional football man none of these guys or very few of them I should say are saints and really in a lot of ways you know players and coaches and personnel men they're mercenaries right they're paid based on what they can do right now and you know that Jones coming in improves that defense. You want to call him selfish. You want to be mad at him for leaving the high school in Tennessee. You put yourself in that situation if you're Jones and you're thinking, I have the opportunity to get back into pro football in a city that you've been in before. He won the Great Cup of the Argos in 2012. Take over that team. You know he's going to do a great job with the defense. And if you're Jones, you know that as well. So you're thinking, I can make my name hot again. You know, I know he had some interest, if ever, the team, I guess now known as the Atlantic Schooners, came to fruition. He was really intrigued by that potential opportunity. But as we've seen over the years, Hodge, whether it be Ed Reed, or sorry, Ed Hervey or Cavis Reed, who was the other guy I was thinking of, <laughs> these situations come unexpectedly in terms of GM or head coach opening. So it's better to be in the league and ready to roll than it is down in Tennessee. So from Jones' perspective, I hate saying it. People might not like it, but it makes a ton of sense. All right, my dude, let's keep it rolling. A.J. Hendy and Garrett Marino were ejected from the banjo ball following a melee that saw six players penalized, three riders and three bombers. No Winnipeg players were let loose from the game despite Andrew Harris ripping an opponent, Christian Campbell, to the ground by his face mask. Is that fair? And could we see some supplemental discipline from the league? I think we will, and I think that would be deserved, certainly in the case of Andrew Harris grabbing an opponent with both hands by the face mask, ripping them to the ground with their helmet coming off in the process. And let's also say Andrew Harris spoke to the media yesterday. He said he got involved when he saw his boy Nick Dembski getting thrown around. He said, you know, Nick Dembski is a, is a good friend of mine on and off the field. I'm not just going to stand there and watch my teammates get tossed. So he, 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 he did not shy away from the fact at all that, that, yeah, he didn't have to get involved. He chose to get involved, and then he got jumped on by about three different riders. So, yeah, I think Andrew Harris should be fine. 
Um, I also think you could you could potentially make a case that he should be suspended. But with that said, I don't think the past precedent of the league would indicate from past suspensions that have taken place that his act would be suspendable, typically, and or even an ejection. Let's talk about that as well. A lot of people say, oh, Andrew Harris should be ejected. Well, typically, players only get ejected for one of two reasons. Either first, you punch an opponent, or two, you abuse an official. Andrew Harris did neither of those things. I'm not saying what he did wasn't problematic. All I'm saying is he didn't throw a punch, he didn't abuse an official. So I was... I was a little surprised when it happened. And I had a great seat for it, by the way. It happened right in front of the press box at IG Field in the south end zone. Um, but, you know, I, I would expect a fine. Um, and, hey, I, I get why Ryder fans are upset, but I also get it. Looking back, there were punches thrown by Saskatchewan. I did not see any thrown by Winnipeg. Yeah, by the letter of the law, and that's the argument the Bombers fans are making, is that Andrew Harris should not have been ejected. I will say, though, that... Love it or hate it, instant replay is a thing. And I think the command center in Toronto should have stepped in here and looked at what happened. Because it's one thing, as you mentioned, Hodge, it's likely, and I don't want to cost him any money, but odds are Andrew Harris gets fined and maybe some of the other people who were involved in that scuffle in the end zone. But that doesn't affect the game and its outcome. And you could argue, and that's what the Riders did with the league office, Craig Dickinson has stated his case, that the penalties and the ejections certainly hurt Saskatchewan more. So in my mind, even though people don't want to see the game slow down, something of that magnitude needs to be looked at, and you got to make sure you get the call right on the field because it actually impacts winning and losing. Yes, money is important. And these guys play professional football to make a living, to provide for themselves and their families. But a lot of that is tied to the outcome of the games. And I don't think enough has been talked about in that regard. It's all fine, well, and good to find Andrew Harris after the fact. But it would have hurt him and arguably the Bombers, certainly the Bombers, I would say, much more if Harris was booted out of that game. And that's all well and good, but you, you, you can't... I mean... Yeah, okay, maybe maybe it's it's more fair if it's evenly split, but you also can't just chuck a guy to chuck a guy, right? You, you know, if, if the Riders didn't want to lose two players, maybe, maybe they shouldn't have thrown punches. And again, I'm not saying the Bombers didn't do anything wrong. There, were, there was fighting on both sides. But the letter of the law states if you throw a punch, you're getting ejected. We saw A.J. Hendy do it. We saw Garrett Marino do it. And on further replay, I saw a, a third member of the Riders throwing a punch at Andrew Harris's way after he got got pulled down so I even think there was a case to to, to eject three rough riders so I, I get why the call was made if you don't want your players to get ejected don't have them throwing punches and I'll just say this too this is my speculation I wrote this after the game labeled as speculation Andrew Harris did not say this I'm just suggesting if I was a 10-year veteran in the CFL a Wiley veteran I would probably know in the back of my mind, okay, this is what's going to get me ejected from a game. This is what's not. Because let's be honest, punching somebody in professional football when they're wearing a helmet is one of the dumbest things you can do. It's not going to hurt them. It's going to hurt you. Uh, but if you can avoid ejection and do more damage in the form of grabbing somebody's face mask, gripping to the ground, that's what I would do. I'm not saying that's what Andrew Harris did. I'm just saying if I was a Wiley 10-year veteran, I'd probably do the math in my head and say, okay, if a fight ever breaks out, this is what I'm going to do because I can avoid ejection and do a little more damage to my opponent. So, uh, again, I, I, I don't personally have a problem with the call, in my opinion. If you don't want your players to get chucked out, 
Don't be throwing haymakers. We got to take a quick break, Dunkster, but we'll be right back. All right, summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach bod you've been working so hard to show off? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 want to take your grooming game even further to the next level the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop down your worst weeds up top the weed whacker is also waterproof and uses 9000 rpm motor powered by 360 degree rotary dual blade system this nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes ouch get 20 percent off for free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com escape the shrubs and weeds this summer with manscaped welcome back to the three down nation podcast dunkster Bolivar Mitchell returned under center for the Stampeders in their Labor Day rematch with Edmonton, helping lead the team to a big win. With Mitchell back in the lineup, can we expect Calgary to turn their season around? I think so. You heard some of the players talk about it after the game, and I believe it was Kamar Jordan who said, no disrespect to Jake Marin. I'm obviously paraphrasing right here, but... But Levi Mitchell just has that swagger. And even though he didn't play out of this world, it's something that you can't just have on the stat sheet. It doesn't show up there. The way that Bo Levi Mitchell approaches the game, the confidence, the different type of energy that he brings. We're talking about a guy that two-time CFL MOP, two-time Grey Cup champion, two-time Grey Cup MVP. This guy is not a rookie quarterback just starting out of the league, in the league, although Jake Mara is certainly impressed. Bo Levi Mitchell steps on the field, and by virtue of his win-loss record, he wins 80% of the time. That is unheard of in any professional football league, CFL, NFL, AFL, whatever the heck you want to talk about, dare I say the XFL league <laughs> in the world. So yes, certainly with Mitchell back healthy and the way that, to be quite honest, the Edmonton Elks have been so up and down and inconsistent. And yes, the BC Lions look at the last couple of weeks, but we got to remember they were playing the Ottawa Red Blacks. So I certainly think there is lots of runway left here for Mitchell and the Stampeders considering that 80% win rate. I think that's fair. The only thing I'll add, we got to move on, but the only thing I'll add is the problem in Calgary was not Jake Mayer. The problem is that defensive line with Banks and Lemon combining for six sacks. If they could do it, I don't think it matters who's under quarter, who's under center, whether it's Mitchell or Mayer. The defensive line in Calgary is going to make or break that team. Yeah, Lemon looks like he's lighting them up with his boy Banks on the other side. Rough Riders defensive end A.C. Leonard, talking about pass rushers, was suspended two games last week for failing to provide a sample for a post-game drug test. Yes, we're talking about P. What do you make of the story? <laughs> well, he, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, 
And it, look, if this story is legit, if this is actually what occurred, AC Leonard tries to urinate after a game. No way, man. Finds Come he's on. I'm just. It's not I'm, what happened. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm just saying in the event that this is what happened, <laughs> then I am experiencing a remarkable amount of secondhand embarrassment for AC Leonard, and I genuinely feel empathetic towards him, though I can't relate because personally, if I leave on a road trip, I have to pee 90 seconds in. So I can't relate to it from that reason, but I do feel bad on his behalf. In the event that that is not the true story, and we don't know what the true story is, we just know what the writers have told us uh, on behalf of AC Leonard, um, then, you know, I, I don't have any empathy because obviously, you know, if, if you don't want to pee, we all know the reason why you don't want to pee, and, and the answer is you're cheating. Um, now, again, we don't know what the case is. I just think this story is unbelievably bizarre. It's fun, and for that reason... Uh, as much as potentially it does involve cheating or some embarrassment, I think it's great. In this situation, Hodge, it's a perfect example why journalists are so important to our society to at least raise the questions or look at the situation and allow people to draw their own conclusions. Let's just lay out the facts here, all right? You or I or anyone else listening are A.C. Leonard. You are selected for a random drug test after the game, and on the line is you potentially missing two games as the Riders' best pass rusher against your Prairie Rivals, <laughs> one of them, that could decide first place in the West, and also, more to the point, individually, $11,000 during a pandemic. That money is not something that you just want to see not come your way. So to me, if we look at all the factors and you laid it out very well as to if this situation is actually real. No, I think it's some kind of a, what do we call that? Fiction book that they've <laughs> sort of made up that they want us to read and believe actually happened. Because if I'm AC Leonard in that situation, even if I'm on PEDs or some other extracurricular thing is in my body, I'm not going to assume anything here. I would take the test and hopefully somehow there's a trace amount and it gets by and it doesn't get caught. And hey, you don't get to miss two games and you don't have to lose that salary. So I'm not going to go out of my way and say, and you're very careful not doing things either, that we know that he's guilty and that he cheated. But the fact that you come out and spin this story, to me, is the exact reason why you need to have trusted reporters we're going to look at the situation from an unbiased angle, give you the facts, and you can deduce your own opinion. Agreed. And the other thing I'll say, just for our listeners, full clarity, the, the, the PED rule is just like the DUI rule. If you refuse a test, it's an automatic failed test. So, you know, you're right. Even if there was something in a system, had he taken the test, right? Well, then at least there's a chance he still passes. And also there's a chance that the test is going to take a few weeks to come back, and he at least gets to play in the Banjo Bowl, which at that point is probably the most important game of the season for the Riders, given that they lost on Labor Day. Dunkster, two members of the Edmonton Elks were fined after interacting with fans. Greg Ellingson was fined for throwing gloves to a young fan, while Justin Renfro was fined for signing a young fan's hat. Is that legit? No, not at all. Come on, man. I understand that we want to be safe, and we want to make sure that COVID-19 doesn't spread. But apparently, 
there have been even more fines like that that have come out. Now, what's been pointed out, I'm sure, to you and others, Hodge, is was Willie Jefferson fined for making a fan take off his Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey during the Labor Day Classic at the end of the game and giving him his gloves? So again, it comes back to the consistency of the way that the league either enforces the rules or don't. You never know. And the fact that you have all the protocols being followed is one thing. But you also have two consenting parties here. And I understand you're trying to protect the players and you don't want to spread it to the fans. But if a fan is willing to interact in this setting... That, in my mind, is just like making a decision to go out during the pandemic and get your groceries wherever you do. In my mind, that's just my opinion. I mean, I I struggle with this to an extent because on the one hand, I absolutely love the accessibility of CFL players. I think that's one of the things that really sets the CFL and the NFL apart is the way in which players are accessible to fans, players are, you know, heroes and everyday people at the same time uh at the other side of things you also are in the middle of a pandemic and everybody just lambasted the elks for having a 13 player outbreak of the virus that caused the postponement of a game and the rescheduling of that game has has been you know it's honestly a joke sticking three three games in seven days for that team so i have a hard time as much as, again, the optics of this are poor, I have a hard time criticizing this because of the extra high level of precaution that's being experienced. Because let's not forget, Dunkster, without a vaccine, we would not be having a CFL season. And had the CFL not played in 2021, there's a chance the CFL never returns, right? After the losses of 2020, not getting back on the field could have meant the end of this league. You have to finish the season, So, again, as much as I hate to see players penalized for something that I think is special, we also, I think, have to look at it and say, hey, it is unbelievably important that this that this season is able to continue in an uninterrupted way. And anything that's done to potentially even as innocuous as throwing a ball back and forth with fans in the stands, anything that it could be done to limit risk needs to be limited. I agree with most of your point there, Hodge, but then just warn the players. We're and in a yes, pandemic fair where enough. we know people have been struggling to make ends meet and to get money and to be able to feed their families. Give them a stern warning. Say, hey, if you do it again, a fine is coming, and I'm sure the next time they won't do it because I'm with you on everything else there. That's fair. Communication is Communication is key. Two top CFL quarterbacks left the field with injury during the last week in Saskatchewan's Cody Fajardo and Hamilton's Dane Evans. The Riders are hopeful Fajardo will play after suffering what they called a mild concussion, while Evans will miss four to six weeks after undergoing an MRI and being tabbed with a lower body injury. Which one hurts their team more? I think the absence of of Cody Fajardo. Hurts that team more in, in the event that he can't play. It, it certainly seems like there's a, a better chance of him playing this week than not. Uh, but with that being said, 
Uh, I mean, if if you're looking to Isaac Harker, who's who's only started one game, did not look good late in the Banjo Bowl. I think that's that that's a, that's a team that could be in some trouble, especially with the injuries they have elsewhere, including Garrett Marino, who who's been great at defensive tackle. He was ejected from the Banjo Bowl, but he's going to not play this week due to a knee injury. So you know the the Tie Cats with Dane Evans, you you've got Jeremiah Mazzoli. He hasn't played in three weeks. But there's a chance he'll be back this week because of a rib injury. And hey, if Jeremiah Mazzoli is your backup at this point, that's that's hands down the greatest backup in the CFL right now. So to me, I'm more concerned. Even with the injury being less severe, I'm more concerned for the Riders than I am for the Ticats. Totally agree. And it's not a shot against Isaac Harker. It's just that he hasn't had that experience. And you step into a difficult situation because the expectations are so high. That said, you've made this very clear, Hodge. Isaac, Isaac Harker is a genius. Like, legit, yeah. on paper, that has been proven. So I think if he steps in there, he can do a solid job, but it will not be to the level of Fajardo. Whereas with the Ticats, yes, Dane Evans had gone 2-0 before going into Toronto and losing to the Argos and being injured. And... You have Jeremiah Masoli. You also have David Watford, who has been in the CFL longer than Isaac Harker and has probably played more actual football in a game on a Canadian field than Harker. So I'm not saying Watford is actually better than Harker, but just you look at it from that factor and, you know, hopefully for the Ticats, they're wanting Jeremiah Masoli to be healthy and be able to make the start. But if you have to go with Watford and he's taken the majority of first team reps at practice this week I think you're more comfortable there based on the overall situation that said Hodge now I'm intrigued here and I'm going to throw it out here nobody else has said this yet but if Harker (laughs) does get to start and doesn't play well and Fajardo's out of the game that means and I think you know where I'm going I know exactly Paxton Lynch would dress for Saskatchewan and potentially Get on the field. And hey, wouldn't uh, wouldn't that be fun to see? But who knows? I think Fajardo plays this week, but that remains to be confirmed. We got to take a quick break, Dunkster. When we come back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage Moment. On this day in 2000, Michael Pinball Clemens played his final CFL game, ending an illustrious 12-year career. Clemens was named the team's interim head coach in August following the resignation of John Huard, leading to a three-game stint during which he served as a player coach. Throwback. Toronto won six of their ten remaining games under the former CFL Most Outstanding Player, which led him to having the interim tag removed. Clemens coached the Argos for eight years to a record of 67-54-1, winning the Grey Cup in 2004. He now serves as the team's general manager. Dunkster, a player coach in the year, not 1935, we're talking about 2000. I don't know what's crazier, the fact that it happened or the fact that it worked. (laughs) Man, I was thinking it was more crazier that that was over two decades ago because it seems like time has flown by since then yeah and if you want things to work take your car to jiffy lube jiffy lube we're going into the fall it's a great time to get the tune-up that you need get the tires get the oil jiffy lube will take great care of you and your ride as we ride into fall 
Well said, my mind. In and out in a jiffy. 15 minutes guaranteed. And I say that because I've experienced it, Hodge. Been in and out. You roll in there. Honestly, you know, we all stop for gas and we don't really think anything of it. And that takes the time that it does. But I feel like it's the same for an oil change of Jiffy Lube. Like it doesn't take much longer. They're usually done faster than 15 minutes and your car is oiled up ready to go. Now you obviously need gas to power your car unless you have an electric one to get going. But you got to make sure you have the oil in there too to make sure your gas efficiency is good and that your car is running nice and smooth so it lasts as long as it can. So get in and out in a Jiffy. We now go to the three-minute drill powered by Jiffy Lube. Alex Singleton was named a captain of the Philadelphia Eagles and had a strong performance in their big week one victory over the Falcons, recording eight total tackles. What a remarkable success story. He's been unbelievable, man. He's the, this era's Cam Wake for CFL fans going on. Former second-round NFL draft pick Deshaun Kaiser is on Ottawa's neg list. Is there a chance we see him north of Florida? If I'm a member of our nation, I certainly hope so, because our quarterbacks suck right now. Craig Dickinson said his team is 95% vaccinated. That's pretty impressive, right? It is getting close to 100, one of the four in the league to be over that 85% threshold. Jake Mayer is officially the first QB in CFL history to throw for 300 yards in each of his first three career starts. Meaningless number or big deal? I mean, I just think it illustrates how well he played. And again, obviously the team is better with Bo, but you know, uh, to me, to me, Mayer was not the reason they started so poorly. Two well-regarded NCAA quarterbacks signed in the CFL this week, Danny Etling with the BC Lions and Cole McDonald with the Toronto Argonauts. Which one are you more excited about? easy man cole mcdonald rainbow warriors university of hawaii he knows how to throw the ball all over the park i'm curious and i facetiously said to our boy joe gasses who is a fellow rainbow warriors fan that cole mcdonald you could argue right now with the injuries is the best quarterback in the east the argos <laughs> and Tigats engaged in a billboard war using social media to draw attention to their tip is that smart Anybody who's seen the status of crowds in Toronto knows that these two teams need to do everything in their power to drive this rivalry and build up their fan base. The Red Blacks signed Kenny Stafford and former Dallas Cowboys receiver Terrence Williams. Will they help inject some life into that offense? They could, but they need a lot of pieces there. I'm real curious to see what Williams looks like on the CFL field because he is a specimen. Kahari Jones tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be on the sidelines during this week's game against the BC Lions. How much will that hurt the Elks? Well, I know they've got Bull Duke on the sidelines. He'll be running things. He's a vet. Uh, but obviously, yeah, any type of disruption like that is, is not, not going to be a good thing. Last one, Dunkster, Simon Fraser kicker and TikTok star Christy Elliott became the first Canadian female to record points in an NCAA game. How cool is that? Super cool, man. Canadians and females making waves in the sport of football. Love to see that. Me too. Seriously, check her out on TikTok. She has a video of her getting a scholarship from Simon Fraser. It's got 5 million views. Somebody said to me the other day, unbelievable that Canadian University football is garnering 
that much attention. We thank you folks, as always, for listening to the Free Foundation podcast. We'll see you next week. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.